Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just want to make sure you're aware of a few things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks at Hope Church LV, and also be sure to check out our website at hopechurchonline.com. There, you can find out more information about who we are and where we're going as a church. Once again, thank you so much for checking out this sermon at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at one verse today, so we should be out in a matter of seconds or minutes. That'll be great. It's not going to happen though, sorry. Giving you a little time to get there. Let me tell you a story before we uh, begin today. So, several years ago, I attended a, a youth conference in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which by the way, if you've never been to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, you got to go. It's beautiful. Uh, great place to vacation with your family. Anyway, I digress. They told me I went too long in the last service, so I'm going to get it back. But anyway, I'm up here right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Several years ago, though, I was at this conference, and Josh McDowell was the uh, uh, speaker, and he's a Christian apologist, and an apologist is somebody who can defend the faith in which they believe. Uh, and he's really, really good at it. And this has been, oh my goodness, 15, 20 years ago probably, and I'll never forget, he, he was standing on the stage, he grabbed the microphone, he went down the stairs, and he just began to walk among the crowd asking one question uh, to these five to 7,000 students and chaperones that were there for the conference. And the question was kind of simple it, 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 from, the, from what it looked like on the outside. And the question was, why is it wrong to lie? Last week, Pastor Jeff talked about lying uh, in, during his message because that's what the uh, verses were talking about. Uh, but Josh made it very, very simple that day. He just asked one question to which everybody thought they knew the answer. And so as he would pass the microphone around to different people, young people mainly, who answered, and then a couple of adults got into the mix, and they all missed the, they all missed the answer to this question. Why is it wrong to lie? It elicited a lot of response, some of those being because the Bible says so, because the Bible says it's wrong, because my pastor says it's wrong, because my grandma says it's wrong, because so-and-so says it's wrong. And each time Josh would say, no, 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 no. Some people even said, well, because it hurts people. Some people, one, one person said, uh, because it's a sin, which sounds great and it's not wrong necessarily. But you understand that lying, the answer to this question about why we should not lie is a deeper one than just what it looks like from the outset. Yes, it is wrong. Yes, pastors say it's wrong. The Bible says it's wrong. Yes, it's a sin. But why is it truly theologically wrong to lie? And I remember Josh, this went on for I don't know how long, five, ten minutes, something like that, when he was just asking and people were no, no, you know, so it made us all go, well, I'm not getting the microphone. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not answering this question because obviously he's the only person that knows. <clears throat> so one young girl stood up and she said, here's, here's what she said. She says, it's wrong because it's opposite of who God is. The reason lying is wrong is because John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, I am the truth. 
You see, the reason it's wrong to lie is not just because it's in the Bible. Even though I'm not a heretic, I believe everything in Scripture. Amen? Okay. Most of you do too. But because Jesus is not like that. That's not what our God is like. He's not a liar. The reason we should not. So he asked another question to which everybody got the answer. Then he said, why is it wrong to murder? Well, the answer is because Jesus is life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, the reason that sin is wrong is because it's opposite of him. It's opposite of who God is. Like the image that we project when we sin is opposite of God. We are projecting his image. The Bible says we were made in his image and his likeness, right? Well, when we lie and we cheat and we steal and we, and we murder, it's not who he is. He's exactly opposite of that. So it's wrong because of that. Sin is anything that's opposite of God. And at the end of Ephesians chapter 4, we see a litany, and we're going to go through all of them, of these actions and attitudes in our own life that are wrong for the followers of Jesus. And we're going to see also why they're wrong. So today, we're going to start our third sermon in this current series called Walk This Way. This series is a continuation of the teaching that we've been doing over several months, several sermons, if you will, through the entire book of Ephesians, where we're learning how our lives should be different. Our lives should be different based on who Christ is. Amen? Here's how we see it. Here's how we see it, and here's how we want to say it. Who you are in Christ changes the way you live. Who you are in Him. When you gave your life to Christ and you continued living like you did, that's not good, you see, because He changed us. So today, we're going to look at another practical example. Pastor Jeff kicked us off last week, but we're going to look at another practical example of, who, of how who we are in Christ, those who've been saved, are to walk in Jesus as we strive to live daily in our relationship with Him as followers of Jesus. You see, before salvation, Every human's mind was futile. That's what Pastor Scott told us two weeks again. Every human mind, our, our hearts were hard and our flesh was in total control. But if today you still haven't given your life to Christ, if you're not a Christian, if you don't want to be, then guess what? That is still what your life is like. If you haven't surrendered your life to God, then that's still like you are. But for those of us who are now in Christ, and we don't deserve it, by the way, we just are. He's just good. But for those of us who are in Christ, know this. That is not who you are anymore. Your heart doesn't have to be hard and you don't have to be in total control. Like God has changed our lives. That's not who we are. Our mind does not have to be futile. Our heart doesn't have to be hard. Our flesh doesn't have to be in control. God's given us the ability to live life opposite of the flesh that we have as well with the confidence and the purpose of knowing that God is in control, but that he will use us for himself and for his joy. Listen, you're going to be used by God if you allow it. That's not just preacher talk. That's Christian talk. God wants to use you. Are you going to let him? Now, last week, Pastor Jeff did give us examples of what it looks like to walk in him daily by saying it, would, it, it may be natural for a human to lie, and it may be natural for a, a, a human to, to uh, have sinful anger, but as we daily lay aside who we used to be, 
to walk in who God says that we now are and allow ourselves to be renewed, then we will have the opportunity to put on the new self so as to live the life God intended for us to live. And here's how we do it. We lay aside those, th- that, 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 those things that we were. We lay aside those things like lying to now walk in the truth. And we lay aside those things like sinful anger to walk in renewed anger. So today, we're going to look at the third practical example, which is one verse, by stating this truth. And here's the truth, okay? It's going to be on the screen for you. Because who I am in Christ changes the way I live, I will lay aside stealing. Now listen, don't get lost in this. I didn't make this up. This is what God said. Okay? God, I wouldn't even have preached 428, honestly, if we hadn't been going through the Scripture. I mean, who wants to talk about stealing? And then look at everybody like, y'all ain't thieves. Anyway. I will lay aside stealing to walk ultimately in responsibility and in generosity. Here's another way to say it. Because I've laid aside the old self, been renewed, and put on the new self, I will not take what isn't mine, but work to provide for myself and for others. Turn in your Bibles, if you haven't already, to 428, and let's read it together. I hope you're already there. If not, it's going to be on the screen for you. Here's what Paul wrote. One, one verse. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor performing with his own hands what is good. So that he will have, here's the reason, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. You say the practical example that we're going to look at today of what it looks like to live opposite of who we are in Jesus is Stealing. Stealing. I know most of you would say, and you even thought, man, why am I here today? I am not a thief. You'd say, I don't steal. But is that really true? Most of the time we think about stealing, we think about stealing a car or robbing a bank or breaking into someone's house and taking their possessions. But I think stealing, I don't think, I know because I know me, is more subtle than that. Much more subtle. In fact, God thought it was so important, he put it in the top 10, didn't he? I mean, it made the top 10, man. Like of all the things, he said, thou shalt not steal. Number seven, I believe, right? Don't steal. Why? Because it's opposite of who he is. Our God's a giver, not a stealer. The image we project on him. Listen, this commandment could actually read like this. Children of God do not steal. It's like a statement. Like, as as followers of Jesus, we just don't steal. That's not who we are. That's not who we are anymore. Being a thief is not normal behavior for the child of God. And most of you would say, Tom, I don't steal. It's because you have a definition of stealing that is not complete. Because there is a complete one. And we're going to look at it here in just a second. Understand that we at least all have the ability to steal. You know that. Well, in fact, you don't just have the ability. You've already thought of something you took. It may have been 20 years ago. It may have been 50 years ago. But you already know there's something. Why did that happen? Because we have flesh. But he said when we got renewed, when we got to put down the old and pick up the new, we don't have to live like that anymore. Yeah, those big things, they are stealing. But stealing, much like Jesus' examples of adultery, actually being, uh, lust is actually adultery. 
And Jesus saying that hate is like murder is, listen, stealing is much like that. You don't think you've stolen because you haven't taken the big stuff. But I want to, I'm going to give you a list here in just a minute that we're going to go down. It's not exhaustive, but I want you to see it. John Maxwell says this. He says, no one... Here's what, and, and, and you know this is true. No one is completely free from the temptation to steal. I know this statement's true, not because I know you, but because I know me. <laughs> All right? So I'm just going to, hey, I'm the one teaching today, so I'm just going to lay the transparency out there. I have in the past been a thief. Don't judge me. <laughs> so have you. Some of you are still stealing. And I, and I actually don't even mean that funny. But if you're in Christ, that's not who you are anymore. John MacArthur makes the statement concerning, concerning stealing. He says, grand larceny, petty theft, taking some of your dad's money off the dresser. rut row. Not repaying a debt, not paying fair wages, not pocketing a clerk, not, not pocketing what a clerk overpays and change is all stealing. There's simply no end to the ways we can steal. And whatever the ways are and whatever the chances for being caught, stealing is sin and no part in the new walk of the new person in Christ. We all have that propensity. So here's the no-brainer for today. Do not steal. All right. Come on up, guys. Let's sing it out. You know, <laughs> we're done. Do not steal. Stealing is wrong. Everyone should live by this, but especially the Jesus follower. And Paul is about to tell us why. Like, had he stopped right there, it would make perfect sense. We would all understand it. But he tells us why we should, or, or, or what we're supposed to do in order to stop stealing. And then secondly, why we should not steal as well. As I studied this passage, I, I saw the second half of this verse about the importance of labor and working in our life as important as not being a, a thief. You see, we don't steal because that's not who we are anymore. And we in turn work because that is who we are now in Christ. So today we're going to look at two truths, just two, that God wants us to understand about the detriment of stealing and the importance of living the new life in Christ as it pertains to work and productivity. So first, number one, stealing is wrong, but natural for humans. Uh, as I was writing this and rewriting this this past, well, couple weeks, um, I thought, man, our teaching team is going to love this one. Because we're so good, you know, at putting stuff together. And then I come up with stealing is wrong. <laughs> like, that's the point. Hey, I got to be me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> stealing is wrong, but it's natural. For human beings, chapter uh, 4, verse 28 in Ephesians says this, He who steals must steal no longer. Why did Paul exhort those who were stealing to steal no longer? Because that wasn't who they were anymore, but it goes deeper than that. The reason he told them to steal no more is because they were stealing. It's, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like parenting. Don't do this. Why would I say it? Not because I'm crazy, but because they, you did it. See? Don't steal any, you need to stop. His allusion to steal no longer tells us that stealing was a normal part of some of their lives. It's still a normal part of people's lives. If we have too much time to think, it'd be a part of our life. We all have the propensity. He says, steal no longer. In other words, stop. And listen, guys, he was talking to a church. 
He wasn't on the corner down at Walmart telling everybody that walked in. He was looking at people who just like you were sitting in a service, hands raised, praising Jesus, giving money to the church, and he was saying, stop stealing. So today I look at you and say, stop stealing. Why would he do that? Because they were. You see, Christians shouldn't steal because that's not who they are anymore. The reason we shouldn't is because that's not us. He, our life is his life. He doesn't steal, neither should we. So what is this sin of stealing? And, and so I got a little, a little short definition here. Taking possession of something that isn't your property. It's to take without the owner's consent. I mean, I didn't think I had to put that together, but, but, but the truth is, is that's really all it is. It's not yours. And you take it. They don't know you got it, and you still got it. They don't know who's got it. They know they don't have it anymore. But that's stealing. Here's the truth for us today. Taking anything into your possession that does not belong to you without the owner's consent is stealing. And stealing is a sin. And when I was putting this together, I thought of a lot of questions. And so it actually just became part of what I want to teach today. And some questions I just want to ask just to answer those questions so that we can be on the same page when it comes to what being a thief or stealing looks like. So here's the first question. Why do human beings steal? Well, stealing, I've already said, comes naturally. Nobody taught us how. I mean, all you got to do is go over to the preschool area. Just watch. They're not worse than us. In fact, we're much worse than them. But it starts early. Humans are sinners. We're lazy. I knew I wouldn't get any amens right there. <laughs> Covetous, jealous, envious. That's who we are. In our flesh, that's who we are. But in Christ, that's not who we are anymore. The reasons we steal are these things. These are some. This is not exhaustive. Second question, why should Christians not steal? Well, I've already answered that question too. It's opposite of God. It hurts people. It robs relationships. There's a whole litany, a list of things that we could put. And does every person have the propensity to steal? Yes, you and every kid that you'll have in the future, they will too. They just do. We just do. So what are the consequences of it? Well, the first thing I thought of was people no longer have what God gave them. Think about that. God wanted them to have something, so he gave it to them. So what you did was you went and got it from them. And it doesn't, have, it doesn't necessarily have to be a possession. You can take lots of things from people. But God intended for them. The second thing I thought of was that there are higher costs in society in general. I mean, think about it. Clothes, food, insurance. Do you know that when you shoplift or you take anything at a store that the company doesn't lose any money, people? I do. You do. See, Target could charge less if people would stop shoplifting. Did you know that? Like they actually write into the cost of their product how much is going to be stolen. Where are we? This is like bizarro world. You're not stealing from Target or Walmart or any company. You're stealing from each other. It's our money that God gave to us. And now we have to pay at least 1% to 3% more for the cost of whatever that is. Because some people like the five finger deal. 
You know, I, uh, I'm a pretty good driver. I may have a wreck today for saying that, but I'm a pretty good driver. Been driving since I was 16 years old. I'll be 51 this year, so you do the math. Long time, long time. I've been paying insurance that whole time. I don't, one time I think we used the insurance. It wasn't even on me, it's on one of my kids. But do you know that insurance costs are higher because people lie about what they've done or what happened? And then sometimes when somebody steals their car, we got to pay more because it's cheaper for me to have insurance in Tennessee than it is here. You know why? I got the same car. I'm the same driver because people steal more here. I'm not just, I'm just saying. People drive crazy too. Steal other people's lanes and stuff. Here's another reason. <laughs> Guilt and paranoia for the theft. I mean, there's always this thing of, will I be found out, right? And let me just say this. Stealing isn't wrong, but it, uh, only if you get caught. Stealing is wrong even if you don't get caught. We may think that we're wise, that we're crafty if we don't get caught, but our Father has seen everything we've done, and it affects us so much. It's wrong. Stealing's a sin. It reveals laziness and it, it, it reveals a, a lack of care for others and no respect for self. It, it also reveals a, a lack of knowledge of God. Like you don't know God as much as you think you know him. When I steal, I don't look like him at all. It's harmful to the one who steals too. I mean, there can be arrest, there can be jail, there can, there can be a, a monetary fines. It'll cost you. But it also creates this opportunity for more pride in me to do it again and get away with it again. And, and it also uh, creates this atmosphere of less confidence in God's will for my life. Like, you think that's God's will for your life? God's got something bigger and better. Now, again, stealing is opposite of God, and it's a sin against him. And why is it? Well, because our God doesn't steal. He gives. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't take he didn't send somebody else. He sent himself to the cross. He gave to us. Now, here's the bottom line. Christians shouldn't steal. And contrary to being like God who gives, when we steal, we're like the devil. You say, Tom, why would you say that? Because that's what Jesus said in John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal. That's the first thing he said. The thief, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I've come, the good shepherd, that you might have life. We look like the devil. <laughs> we look like our flesh when we take what isn't ours. Now, the subtlety of stealing is a serious thing. So I thought of some examples of what that might look like. Not big things like grand theft auto or some, some robbing a bank, but what it might look like that's more subtle to us. So I listed some stuff. Now, get ready. It's going to hurt a little bit. I know it's going to hurt because it hurt me. I'm not going to point fingers, but I actually had to apologize to a guy who's sitting in this service. Just saying. Here's the first one. Subtle stealing from your employer by taking supplies. Now, I know y'all don't do this. Pens, papers. But I guarantee you, if you can do this, you do it. You've been copying stuff. I'm just saying. That's not your paper, not your ink. It's costly. You say, Tom, that's silly. No, it isn't. It's stealing. 
Now, if they gave you permission, go for it. But if they didn't, from your customers, let's say you own a business, when you overcharge them, when you sell them inferior products, pretending it's better than it is, that's stealing. From other people, by taking advantage of their generosity, by damaging their reputation, by Here's, man, here's one that we haven't thought of, and, I, and I, I'm not targeting anyone. I'm just saying this is thievery, right? When you steal somebody else's spouse, God doesn't do that. I'm not saying all these things can't be forgiven. What I'm saying is, is this is when we know we're opposite of him. When we take somebody's dignity or joy or their blessing, and for instance, in slander or gossip or in discouragement, when you discourage them. You've stolen those things. We steal from ourselves and we waste time and talents and resources that God has built in us and given to us and we don't use them. Our church is not good when you sit around and do nothing for God that he has asked you to do for him and us. You steal from yourself. You steal from God when we fail to work. We steal from God when we fail to worship Him, when we put our interests above His, and when we fail to honor Him or tell others about Him. We're stealing from Him. You say, Tom, you're making this out to be way more than it is. God said it was a top 10. I'm probably not saying enough. Because I know us, it's the easiest thing to do. You say, we would never murder. Yeah, but you'd steal. I would never commit adultery. Yeah, but you'd steal. I would too. Are you subtly stealing? There's a lot of other stuff. If so, what, what's going to help you stop? Well, the answer is actually in the second part of this verse and we'll be finished. For the Jesus follower, there's an alternative to stealing and it is labor. It is work. Which brings us to this final point today. Number two. Work, you know, if stealing's wrong, then working's right. You know what I'm saying? Are y'all with me? Good night. I know I ain't that funny, but I like, oh. Working is right and expected for those who are in Jesus. You see, the alternative to stealing is working. He says this, but great, great. This is, this is contrast the, the, the first part with the second. Don't steal, but do this. What? Work. With your hands. Notice immediately that what he says is, instead of stealing with your hands, work with your hands. He has this thing, this symbiotic relationship going on where he says, this is not what you should be doing. This is what you should be doing. We were made to, and God expects us to work. And let me tell you how I know that. Because God works. He's still working. Listen, scientists who don't even believe there's a God say that, star, that stars are still and, 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 and galaxies are still being created today. Like our God's still at work. He just didn't work the six days and then lay down and he's just been up there and kicked back all the time. No, he's working all the time. We say it here all the time, Holy Spirit, work in my life, don't we? Like move. Our God is a worker and he is still at work. Paul then uses this phrase, what is good? What does he mean by that? This word good alludes to what is honest and honorable and productive. It means to be good in quality. This refers to using your energy and knowledge of do doing things that are beneficial instead of harmful, like stealing. But it also may refer to the job you actually have. You see, there are lots of jobs that we could take. There are lots of things we could do. Take a job, though, that through conviction you believe is good and honorable and God-honoring and doesn't violate his commands or standards. 
A job that doesn't harm or mislead other people. That's what's good. He said, but do something that's good with your, with your hands. And, and so then we have to ask ourselves this question. Does he give us a reason why we should work? I think there are two things that we see here. There's actually three, but I'm going to put them in two different points. The first one is to give less opportunity to sin. You know why you should work? Because you sin less. Now, you won't be sinless. You sin less when you work. I know that, that, that when I think about sin the most is when I'm doing nothing. Like an idle mind is terrible. Horrible. When I was uh, in seminary, one of the things they, they uh, um, had us do was every quarter we had to have what they call two practical missions. And we had to do something that was outside the classroom. We, we had to go serve somewhere. So I did prison ministry with another guy. He was in his 70s. And every time he'd go, when I started going with him, every time, it was cool the first time he said it. But he would say it, this one thing, every time we went into the prison, every week, he would say this. He would say, guys, I feel sorry for you. Not because you're here, because you, some of you probably may not deserve to be here. Most of you do. And I'm not sorry that you're here necessarily for that reason. But I am sorry for this. Here's what he used to say. I, I feel sorry for you because you ain't got nothing to do. He said, and this was the phrase he used every single time. He said, your imagination is like a horse. And the devil likes to ride it. Listen, when I'm working, I'm not thinking about sinning most of the time. I'm not. When I was behind that mill, when I, when I was working for my dad, and that, that's a whole other thing. I won't tell that story this time. But when, when I was on the farm, picking those peppers and squash and the heat of the day, when I got my first job, and then when I got my job out of college, and then even here in ministry, listen, when I'm working, I'm not thinking about sinning. You know why? I'm working. But I promise you, you give me a good 15, 20, 30 seconds, you let me lay down on my off day, and I'm telling you, I'm as sinful as any one of you. Don't look at me spiritual. You are too. We can think of things we wish we never thought of. And those, those guys that I would talk to every week would just nod their head and say, that's right. Man, I need to, he said, listen, you need to paint a wall or you need to do some push-ups or you need to do something. Like, uh, unmake your bed, make it back. Ever how many times you need to just to stay busy because it'll help you. When we do nothing, it gives a great opportunity for us to sin. I sin more when I'm doing nothing. So stay busy. Second thing. The reason we should work. First one is to give less opportunity to sin. The second one is to meet the needs for ourselves and for others. You see, he says that in the, in the last part of this sentence. Stealing keeps us from helping. Listen, listen, if you've gone to sleep, wake up. Stealing actually keeps us from helping other people. I know that's a no-brainer. I'm not talking about the ones we're stealing from. I'm talking about you in general helping people. We can't help other people as we are stealing. Working, though, makes a blessing to others. You see, God wants, he even expects for us to work to provide for our needs and then work to provide for the needs of others. He doesn't expect for us to work merely for us only, nor for only the needs of others. He expects us to work or to provide for both. That's why he said, so that you will have something to share. 
provide for yourself and then have some left over, lots left over for them. You only get that, he says here, as we work. Think about this. If we don't work and we're capable of it, we're actually not just stealing. We're taking from all those we aren't stealing from. We're stealing from them too. God didn't intend for others to solely take care of our personal needs as well. And that's a whole other thing. Listen, if you're able to work, go. You say, Tom, I don't really like to pay. You know, I talked to one guy, didn't have a job. Hadn't had a job for like a year. And he said to me, well, you know, I'm holding out. I'm going to hold out for, you know, 30 bucks an hour. As soon as I find, I said, well, when you find that job, let me know. <laughs> see if I got two positions open there. <laughs> holding out, you're making zero. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I need 30. You got zero. Take seven and a half for now, Right? Don't get me started. Anyway, I got five teenagers. I'm in that moment. You know what I mean? I mean, I just... <laughs> he said also for the needs of others so that we can share with those who have need. God didn't want us to ignore, overlook, or be insensitive to the needs of others. You ever wanted to give more than you actually could? That's God in you. That ain't you. That's God in you. Somebody says, I need another 5,000. We need 5,000. We're having trouble having a child, and we'd like to adopt a child, and we need 5,000 more. Man, wouldn't it be great just to write a check and give it to them? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, oh, that's my share. Boom. That's who we are in him. Ultimately, the renewed life in Christ is a life of generosity and responsibility. Listen, responsibility that we take care of ourselves, but generosity that we can give to other people too. Listen, be responsible, provide as God allows for yourself and your family, but also be generous to help those who legitimately cannot help themselves. And with that, I want to say this. I want to be sensitive here today and say I realize not everybody in our society can work because of a physical or mental reason. I know that to be true. I've had that in my own family. I get it. Not everybody can work. But that's exactly his point here. He said to provide for those who can't, not those who won't. Take care of those who cannot take care of themselves. It's a thing that God that we do because of the overflow of God's life in us. Listen, we're Christians. That's not who we are. We're not like the rest of society. We give to others too, but we make sure that we are working so that we stay away from sin, provide for what we need, not just what we want, so that we can provide for those who can't. That's what it looks like. Here's what James Montgomery Boyce said. He said, Paul does not say, as many secular thinkers might say, work hard because that'll build self-esteem. Or because then you will be able to buy things you want and enjoy the good life. He says, rather, because you will then have something to share with those in need. These are people who have nothing because they will not, excuse me, there are people who have nothing because they won't work for it. They do not deserve handouts. But there are others who, through no fault of their own, genuinely have needs. Who is to help such people? He says, not the world, not really. The world's out for itself. The poor must be helped by Christian people who work hard precisely so they will have something to give to those who are in need. We as Christians have an obligation to be an example of God to those who are in need. 
We are to lay aside stealing to walk ultimately in responsibility and generosity. You see, it's easier to steal than it is to work. And that's why stealing, that's why we steal instead of work. Work's costly. Stealing is a get-rich-quick scheme, if you will, that expends no energy. We steal ultimately, ultimately because we are lazy and believe we deserve more than we have. I, I'm going to tell the story anyway. I'm a little bit over, but that's all right. I'm up here right now. My dad was a, he, uh, my dad started at nothing. And when I say nothing, I'm talking about nothing. Just a general laborer, just going at it. Didn't know anybody, didn't have the job because he knew anybody. Just went as an 18-year-old boy and got the job. At 19, he, I was born. My dad was providing everything that he could. But through the years and, and just him being diligent to work hard and to save and to, to uh, learn, he actually got promoted several, several times. And so by the time I was 16, he was a plant manager of a, of a company. He wasn't the president. He wasn't on the board. He was just a plant manager, but he ran the whole plant. And he said, son, you're 16 now. It's time to get a job. I'm like, well, what have I been doing since I was six on the farm? Because that felt like a job to me. <laughs> but he meant a going to work every day with a lunch pail, clocking in at 7, 7.30, getting off 4, 5 o'clock, going home, and then laying down until the morning. That's what I did anyway. And I'll never forget my first thought was, man, this is going to be easy because my dad is the manager. I mean, he's about to put me in the office. I'm going to have my own little refrigerator over here stocked with everything I want. That's not how it worked out. In fact, I walked in, I saw the office over there, and my dad said, this way, son. You're not in there. I walked through the whole plant to the very back to the warehouse. It was dark, and it was so hot and humid, I can't even tell you. This was like end of May, about this time, ever how many years ago that was when I was 16. I'm 51, so you do the math, but it was horrible. I worked so hard. Like, he put me with this guy that was scary. This guy scared me just looking at him. I mean, he was working, though. This guy, he had the tow motor and the dolly, and he was moving stuff. Looked like he was just randomly doing things. And then he had me doing them. And I'm like, I'm dead tired. And he goes, okay, time for break. It's 930. Oh, my gosh. I've only been here two hours. <laughs> I got in the car that afternoon, and I told my dad, I said, I hate it. He said, Good. When I was in seminary, I cleaned 40 toilets every week for two years. That's after I'd graduated college, was doing some other things that were, I quit my job, and God had me in front of, I can't tell you how many days I sat in front of those toilets thinking, why am I doing this? You're not too good. I'm telling you, if you work hard, you'll see yourself go so sky high. You'll see God bless you in ways you never thought. And then you'll be able to do what he's saying here. Give to others. Dr. Adrian Rogers has a quote I want to give you. Um, it's easy to want what other people have. And that's usually why we steal. Because we see what other people have. But here's, here's the, the point I want to make with this quote. Dr. Rogers says, What God has blessed somebody else with was never going to be yours to begin with. When God gives other people stuff, he, he didn't mean for you to have it yet. Why would you take it from them? 
So two final truths. Number one, and I've already given them both to you. Being productive in our work leaves little margin for living in sin. Listen, I want you to sin less. Not be sinless. I wish we were, but we're not going to be until God comes and gets us. But you'll sin less, I promise you. It gives less opportunity. Then secondly, we have a choice to make. We either steal or we work. We either take or we earn and give. I don't know who you are today. If you're a Christian, here's what I would say. Just stop. Even if you think it's not big. Somebody gives you too much money, give it back. Listen, it'll build something in you. Your integrity matters. If you stole something, give it back. You say, I did it 20 years ago. Give it back. Tell them you're sorry. You'll win a friend. Because I promise you for 20 years, they've been, they've been wondering. Rectify it. If you're not a believer today, it's still wrong to sin. Excuse me, steal. It's wrong to sin too. It's wrong to steal. You say, Tom, it won't affect me. I'm not a Christian. This doesn't even apply to me. It applies to everybody. Because everybody else stealing is affecting you too. Do it right. But the bigger thing is, you don't think it's wrong because you're not a believer. You need God. You need him to change you. Today, we're about to have an invitation. The, 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 the band, the, the uh, praise team is going to come up here and they're going to lead us in uh, worship to God as we finish this invitation today. But here's what I would say. I didn't do this in the last service because I felt like if I say this, then it's going to be too forward. But you know me well enough to know. Why don't you, you don't have to tell us what it was. Everybody here stolen something. I already know. Why don't you hold yourself accountable and just ask God to forgive you and show us that today. I was in a meeting in New York one time at Brooklyn Tabernacle. At the end, the pastor there said to the congregation, he was preaching on, I forget, anyway. But at the end, he said, if you have drug paraphernalia or any drugs, I want you to come up and put it on this altar. And I thought, ain't nobody coming. That's what I thought. When I raised my head, it was full. It's a good thing to cleanse yourself by being honest and then let God clean you up fully. So if you've been stealing, and those of you who just sit in your seat and act like you're not stealing while you watch other people come up here, and shame on you. Listen, we're Christians. That's not who we are anymore. Let's stop. Let's show them who God really is so they can know him. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. God, thank you. I would never have picked this passage. To be honest, Lord, it's even hard for me to say it. Not just because I think it's going to hurt somebody's feelings, Lord, but because I too am a thief. But Lord, we don't have to be. God, would you use us? Would you convict us? Would you show us yourself so that you can be glorified? We pray these things in Jesus' name.